So hello everybody, welcome to Tubi Jugend Radio, um, the May episode. Um, um, during the course of the last podcast, we were focusing on the situation in the Ukraine. And yeah, since this topic seems to uh, have a tight hold on our lives these days, I decided to take my phone and call the one, the only Happy Tom and ask him about his perspective on the terrible situation. And also we came up with some actually pretty decent ideas of how governments might take action and solve part of the problems. So please listen up, enjoy, and please also continue to support Tuvi and Poznan with their help uh, to the Ukraine. The, I'll be posting the um, email with the PayPal address for your possible aid below the podcast. So please listen up and yeah, take care and uh, continue helping the Turbi Jugend in the Ukraine and also any other uh, institutions that are helping the Ukraine during these difficult times. So hi, Happy Tom. Thank you for taking your time to talk to me, to talk to uh, Turbi Jugend Radio, even though the occasion is a very sad and tragic one. Wanted to ask you about, because I saw the posting, I wanted to ask you about what Norway or you as a band are doing for the for the refugees and for Ukrainian people, because you posted something very interesting. Um, maybe you can, yeah, take the audience away and maybe explain your take on the whole situation and what, uh, how things are developing in Norway. Well, yeah, Norway is sort of a special place when it comes to... Um home ownership and property ownership because people, you know, people traditionally never really had big fancy houses in Norway, but people would rather put some money into building a small cabin because people in Norway, you know, you know, they love skiing, they love, you know, outdoors and hunting and it's very outdoorsy uh, people. So uh, there's more than, uh, you know, there's only about 4.9 million people in Norway, but there's, there's uh, more than one uh, half a million cabins. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know some of them are very bare, base, bare, uh, bare uh, basics and and primitive, but uh, some of them are fully livable homes. You know, uh, they're just smaller, and um, you know, with water and and electricity, and and of course isolated and uh, or insulation for heat. So uh, my mom had a cabin, and then she she just passed it on to me because there was too much hassle with it. So I just gave, there's this area, the guy in this area who uh, just rents out cabins for people. I said, you know what, you can just rent it out. It's like, as long as you can take some care of it, because I don't have the time for that. And so, um, and he's been renting it out for like a few years. And then he called me and said that the local city, the local political administration uh, asked, because there's a lot of cabins in that area, and they asked um they they asked this guy who was renting out all these cabins can you if he could ask his rent you know the people who own these little cabins if they wanted to uh, have ukrainian refugees living there and he called me i said oh wow that's a great idea of course yeah go ahead you know and um so this was actually that local city council or that local political council uh who came up with this idea and um so i um I just thought it was a really good idea. And I thought, you know, there's so many people, uh, you know, it's still, uh, you know, so many people without a home, so many people, you know, have not nowhere to go. And, uh, I think, uh, 
you know, I think Norwegians should, uh, should take care of the, you know, to do what you can. And a lot of these cabins are hardly ever used, you know, because people mm-hmm. work so much. And so I'm like, why? Well, yeah, just let people let the Ukrainians live in the, these cabins. I mean, a lot of them are really nice houses. So, yeah. So for, is, it, is that a temporary thing? And only for certain, is, is that just the, the, the city that you are, the, the village that you were referring to, or is that a common <laughs> movement in Norway? I, I was hoping that you know that the the that the central government would you know be inspired by this, and I think there's been a little too much bureaucracy and red tape when it came to uh, accept you know how getting Ukrainians to Norway and the and I I I don't I'm sad to say I don't think it's really caught on much, and it's uh, that's too bad. But I don't know. I think. Um, Yeah, from what I I try to start like a, yeah, I, I was hoping it might turn into like a little movement, but I guess not, you know. And oh. it's sad because I think it might have to do with like I have a Ukrainian friend here in Trondheim, and his name is Sergey, and he said, you know, one of his main concerns when the war started was, of course, you know, if how his family is and how our friends are. But he said, you know, one thing that I'm really thinking and worried about is the news cycle. Will people in a week from now, I mean, this was just a few days after the war started in a week from now, will people just go back to, you know, Kardashians and all the fucking bullshit, you know, Yeah, because they're tired of those news, even though they are relevant, they get tired of anything. Mm. So they shift over. Mm. Yeah, that, that could be the mm. case. I mean, I was all, I'm all openly talking here. I was also thinking about, I, I did three podcasts that's all about uh, talking to all, people involved um, in the, from Turbiuk and in the, in the Ukrainian crisis. And I thought, okay, how many can I do really? But I figured it make it's still, it's makes so much sense <laughs> to, to, to pick it up the topic because, because there's so much energy and love between the two Turbiukans. So we can help. And we are, I would say we are very, we sometimes of course, stupid and drinking and all that stuff, but we're pretty, yeah. pretty um, well thinking, uh, Uh, micro society um um mm. so it, it makes sense if, if also the listeners if they have any spaces or or, or or empty houses and people have that um so they can somehow get in contact also with victor in poland and maybe talk to him about getting people there mm. so what is it what were you saying was the the potential in norway again for uh, uh, empty houses or what would you guess uh how many I mean, um, like i said the cabins there's about uh, at least half a million from what i from what i understood registered cabins and but i mean some of them are like i said may not be you know livable and some are very livable i mean some of these cabins are fucking palaces you know and, uh, yeah. but i don't know i really don't know what the, the like residential how many houses are you know in norway and i don't know so yeah. we'll have to leave that one to the grown-ups but we did i don't know what happened to victor from turbio in moscow i think I haven't talked, I haven't spoken to him for a few weeks, but I know that he came to, I, I posted a thing on my private Facebook that, you know, I have a good friend of mine from Moscow who wants to get out of Russia because I think he's been talking about that for a long time. You know, yeah. I think a lot of young people in Russia are fed up with, you know, what the experience I mean, like, the and everything. yeah. And then, you know, it's just this new totalitarianism, which is really creepy and ugly. And, you know, like, like Putin's speech just before the invasion, you know, it's like, you know, we like you have some left-wing buddies and 
you know, and people are like, well, you know, the America, the NATO, this and that. And then, you know, and some, but it's like that speech he had the night, like two nights before the invasion. It was just all about, you know, he wants to be the new Tsar, you know, it's all, yeah. it's not about, you know, peace or like, you know, some sort of like the old Soviet, like sensibility and like socialism in any ways. Oh. It's just like fucking oligarchs and he wants to be the star. And I think things are getting harder in Russia. I think let's not forget people in Russia, you know, in, in this, I mean, they're victims too of, oh. of this same fucking bullshit. Um, so let me ask you something. Yeah. I mean, I was thinking about this myself. Do you think I've um, thought about Eastern Germany because there, um, there are lots of towns and people are deserting that, that did those areas or have been deserting those areas for ye for years as they moved out there, moved to other mm. parts of Germany or out of, out of the country. Do you think that states will eventually get or grasp the grasp the idea, just as you pointed out, of you taking Ukrainians or 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 also Russians uh, as uh, as a as a as a uh, like labor input or a labor infusion? Like surplus, surplus labor, for, labor force. Yeah. I mean, which is well, like in Norway, we have for a long time. I mean, Norway is notorious for, you know, exploiting Eastern European laborers, you know, and that's uh, like my friend here, Sergei, the Ukrainian, he's a carpenter, you know, and that's, that's what makes Norway from Norway. They're like the Mexicans and, or the Guatemalans, you know, and then if you, if you took, if you threw out the, the Mex Mexicans out of, you know, the U.S. or you threw out the Ukrainians and the Russians and the Polacks out of Norway, you know, the economy would just collapse, you know? Yeah, exactly. And I, it's, a lot of it is um, un unorganized labor, which is sad because it makes the market worse for everybody. It's what we call social dumping, you know? And I know the the, the trade labor union in Norway, has gone, they've, they've, they've done quite a lot of efforts to try to organize especially in the building trades, you know, in the construction. And I think they've had some luck, but still, yeah. So I don't know, I think, but I know like Eastern, like you said, East Germany, there's people have been moving out for a long time. I think, um, I don't know, like Berlin, is Berlin growing again? For, I know for years, Berlin was, you know, bleeding people. Yeah, it, it still is. But I mean, where do they come from? They come from certain other parts of Germany, of the eastern, also from all sorts of countries, but also from east, eastern Germany. So this is the, this is getting totally depleted. This 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 area, and I'm I'm really thinking about this in a positive way because, or mm -hmm. as you look at the age pyramid in, in at least in Germany or also Austria, I can talk for those two countries. It's that too, too many old people, and uh, this, this, yeah. those countries they need uh, a workforce, and this is not a bad. Again, this is not a bad thing if done right. As you, as yeah, you yeah, that's a good idea. Things. I think that's a really like all those empty buildings and in, in all the old, uh, you know, there they are. Is uh, yeah, I think Görlitz. Uh, that's a good think, idea, man. Do you know about Görlitz, the town? It's it's at it's at the border to the Polish, to the mm -hmm. Poland. So it's it's uh, right there. It's it's um, West Anderson. He did a film, the Budapest, the Grand Budapest Hotel. Oh, uh, really? And this is in this most of those those as I, to my knowledge, most of the the elements of this film have been filmed in Görlitz. Wow, which is an amazing, That's a funny really film. beautiful town. So there's, I mean, you yeah. can make a out of a very bad. No, make no mistake about that situation. You can also well, at least try to turn it into a positive thing. And that's a, that's a really good idea. I think so. Yeah. Absolutely. I don't also, know yeah, but like I said, I, we wanted Victor to uh, try to. Uh, so I think Victor was in uh, 
Oslo and uh, had some job interviews with <laughs> so I think uh yeah that's so I mean people should uh, I mean that was through Turbo you and that's how I know that this guy you know I yeah, think sure. people could uh, the, the video for my podcast so he's oh, yeah, involved cool. in, in the Tobigan radio as well yeah he's an odd Rad. I call him an obvious slave but also in a good way obviously Actually, there's these kids in Russia that I'm following on Patreon. So, you know, where you pay a little money. There's these, it's like a social movement among young Russian kids where if people park, especially like people with fancy cars, you know, like these oligarchs and they're, mm. if they park on the sidewalk blocking pedestrians, these guys show up with video cameras and big stickers. And it's just like, stop being an asshole. It's just a very simple, like grassroots movement. And it's really funny, and they film, and they're pretty gutsy. I mean, they they get they get some pretty fucking heavy threats. Yes. But they're really gutsy, and it's all about like the little guy, you know, uh, slapping the big guy around for a change, you know. And it's really it's a really uh, healthy. It's it's um. I'll try to find the link if people want to watch it. It's really cool. Yeah, people should. Uh, Try to support those Russian kids. They're really cool. They're really funny and they're really ballsy. And people pull guns on them and knives. And, and when the cops show that. up, when the cops show up, when the cops show up, it's always like, oh, it's you guys again. But also, some people in cars are like, oh man, I love you guys. Yeah, I'll move my car straight away. I just had to pick up my kid in the kindergarten. But okay, you guys so are really some cool. Good ones as well. yeah, yeah, there's some good ones. But it's it's still it's it's a lit it's um kind of interesting uh, insight into into you know eastern european society as it is now and i think um as things are turning into something darker you know yeah and i think um yeah so anyway so that I've, um i have other than that i really have well I, there's one thing i'm you know i, I do a lot of um like uh, I lead seminars when I'm not making TV. I like like lead seminars and conferences. And I, there's this um, there's this bank in Norway that's connected to the the labor union. It's like the big union bank, and uh, they also do real estate. And I was I led their like yearly annual conference. And um, actually, they said because and this was only like three days after the war started. They said we want to do something. You know, we want to do something for Ukraine, and we want to give them some money. And then, um, and then my friend Sergey came there and talked about, you know, Ukraine, what's going on there, and the, and the the bank director was out, came out on stage and said, yeah, we have a big announcement. We're going to give you know three million kroners, which is about you know four hundred thousand or like three hundred fifty thousand mm-hmm. euros. And uh, I and I thought they said they were going to give him four million, you know, a few days before or like the day before. I mean. So, mm, and I went and walked over to him and said, three, what, how about four? You know, and everybody in this crowd, all the people who work at the bank were like, fuck yeah, you know? So, so we got another million out of them wow, for right. Ukraine. Cool. And uh, Sergey thought that was really funny. And he was also, you know, it's, a, it's very useful money, of course. So he said, yeah, okay, we can do that. The bank director, of course, I mean, he's a good guy. But he's like, oh, he was a little embarrassed, you know? Yeah. So, uh, but so, yeah, so we managed to get another million kroners out of them. So, yeah, but it uh, helps. It helps. It, it helps people. I mean, everything yeah. you can do. And I mean, uh, Victor from Tobey Ugin uh, Poznan has shown everything. He's constantly working on everything helps. I mean, there's each and every individual or life that can be improved or, or helped mm. or saved helps. I mean, you know. 
it's it's easy. It's kind of moving. You know, I have I have a four four year old daughter, and just in the kindergarten up the road here, there's a little girl from Ukraine. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a little boy from Ukraine who came. I mean, uh, like uh, last year, unrelated to the war. But then the, now there's a little girl who started. Her family just arrived. You know, like a few weeks ago. And I mean, it's kind of touching. She doesn't know one word of Norwegian. Not yet. Not yet, but I mean, pick it up. she's going to be, uh, yeah, and it's just, uh, you know, this uh, how little kids are interacting. And my daughter says she was going to learn her how to say rabbit in Norwegian, and oh, then good. maybe she could teach her how to say rabbit in Ukrainian. So, I mean, yeah, there's, uh, you know, that's humanity, you know, that's the that's the good end, end of humanity. So talking about or thinking about uh, Turbo Negro, the band, um, I mean, you're not known as a per se political band, I would say, but you've done songs like Bad Mongo, of course, referring to the to Hitler. So is there anything that the band is, is, is I mean, you, I would think that you would at least perform Bad Mongo and give a reference, but is there anything else you're, you're planning, possibly no, no, in you know. that situation? You know, it's sort of like it's maybe uh, I don't know. It's that is sort of you know you after like Bono and a lot of like you know it's when often when artists get political uh, you know and uh, idealistic it's it can get sort of narcissistic in a way and mm-hmm. but I don't know I think if everything um, you know it's like with Chris Martin in, in, in Coldplay who's really into you know fair trade which is like. You know, maybe it's maybe it's a good thing. You know, it's a good thing that fair trade is giving that. You know, and then a, he might be that might be like him posing, but still, you know, it's at the end of the day, it might be a good thing. And so, but so we're really not like political like that. But I think you know, I think what's going on in in the Eastern Europe now with you know with um, how they're stepping down on you know uh, gay rights freedom of expression all these things that you know are very central to rock and roll and to freedom you know and like we have a good friend you know adam uh, nergal from the behemoth the um, polish black metal band you know and he's been you know he goes out to provoke the the the, poland of course is very very catholic you know and uh, uh, so he goes out of his way to provoke you know, for him, this whole satan Satanist thing is like yeah. very deeply ingrained as a sort of a resistance against, you know, this old power structure. You know, which we've we've seen now. You know, there's lots of little children have been sexually abused. You know, just oh. the whole dark side of religion, and of course, he's declared war on that. And he's been through several very high-profile court cases in Poland, where they've actually they're charging him with blasphemy. You know, which is something you would not expect in a Western uh, yeah. free civilized, civilized society. You know, if, if it had been ICE, like the caliphate, you know, yeah. okay, it's Sharia, fucking Sharia law. But, you know, this isn't the way it's supposed to be in, in, in Europe, you know. And, uh-huh. and I mean, he's been going out this way before people started talking about how Orban is doing things in in Hungary, you know, closing closing down universities, and how uh, in Poland, how the press has been monopolized by the government, and you know, and also of course in Russia, which, and it's just really it's scary. I think we're living in scary times, and I think uh, you know we can disagree on a lot of 
lot of stuff, you know. Uh, but I think uh, I think freedom of expression, you know, and also, you know, of course, we're seeing a little from so-called progressives in the in the for instance in the u.s too with you know we're with cancel culture you know going after comedians and and it's just the it's sort of the same beast but it has some different heads you know and i think uh, yeah. there should just be some principles there should be some basic principles but also i mean the right the conservative christians in america too i mean they they never like freedom of speech you know they just want to they've always censored you know and now how they're removing stuff from the school curriculums you know and i i went to i've I've filmed my series about the united states i went back and i filmed with james fife from um you know turbio in la los angeles because um we went to tulsa in oklahoma which was the site of a very huge uh, almost a pogirum you know as you call it uh against the uh, the black community in the in 1921 and the people in at school schools in Oklahoma they don't they don't learn about it they don't learn about it you know it's like and I think that's happening in Russia now they're erasing some of the stuff from school that says you know tells them about the gulag system and the Stalinism and you know this tendency to erase uncomfortable things from history and um, I just think it's really scary. So I, as you were mentioning the Stalinism, and uh, I was thinking of the movement, the Danish band, the movement, you might be familiar with it. Uh, they are big into Marx and socialism. They're um, um, like power poppy band, but uh, I like them very much. But hmm. referring to pop culture and also the, to the war, do you think that terms like I want a war or I got a war, like thinking of the Lucifer song and or pro-Soviet, pro-socialism content. Do you think this is going to be going away because of that situation right now? I think it's a very point, like a very special question I'm, I'm asking you right now at this point. But do you think this whole mm. real-life war situation will sort of erase certain elements of pop culture that used to play around with war? I don't know, maybe. I, I mean, since it's a European war for the first time, I mean, there was a war in the 90s with the, in the Balkans, but uh, um, I don't know. It's probably going to turn into, like, bullshit with, like, Vogue. You know, there's going to be, like, camo camo on the catwalks and stuff, you know? It's always, like, <laughs> you know, it's, you think gonna be uh, everything it? everything gets commodified and everything gets commercialized, you know? And But I think... What are you going to do? It's like, yeah, or canceled, or canceled very much. But I think, you know, I think progressive people, we just, people just got to think locally and and help out in their communities and do like we're doing turbo. You can help out each other and, you know, especially help the the people from Ukraine and, and also, like I said, the Russian kids, you know, and Russian dudes and dudettes. And I think, um, you know, I think uh, everybody's, I think that's the only way you can do it. I think large-scale society is sort of collapsing in a way. I think, you know, with news and how information is being disinformation and how politics is just now openly just like the, the tool of oligarchs. And yeah. I don't know, just don't don't get cynical, but I don't know. Just stay, just to help people even like, like you know, g- g- let people live in your cabin, you know? That's yeah. That's all we can do, you know. That's uh, I think that's what being progressive is, you know. If people want to 
sit around and, you know, I don't know. I think we just need uh, more sort of democracy and more, um, you know, little, the little people have to be heard, you know, or else you're going to get Donald Trump, you know, you're going to get, you know, you're going to get these, these, uh, Snake, snake, uh, snake oil salesmen, you know, who say that we're going to, I'm going to give you the right to hate. I'm going to give you the freedom to hate again. That's all you're going to get. You're not going to get, like in the U.S., you're not going to get more social, you're not going to get a higher pension. You're not going to get a better health care. But you're, here you can hate somebody. And I think that's, I think that's what Orban is doing. I think that's very much what Putin is doing. And I think, uh, you know, I yeah. I don't know. I think, uh, yeah. Yeah. The terrible times, but the, as, as, as you were summing up perfectly, uh, I think it really should continue to, to, to stay within ourselves to help to, to give a lending hand, lend a hand and help people and stay, uh, stay close to the real principles that we are most, or at least within the two of you can, I would say the average two of you can member still has. And, For the moment, it's, it's 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 even in this difficult time. It's the only thing it can really do. And I mean, all I mean, and donate stuff. And you, I heard that you donated also a Happy Tom Sailor hat, which and gave it to the raffle in Hamburg. So stuff like that is obviously for the moment the the, the thing that people like everyday like every like people like you and me can do. Uh, just to, mm. to help out, and uh, maybe the states or the institutions can pick up thoughts like we were talking about. Yeah. You know, giving pieces of land so. to, 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 to refugees and, and, and even not only being uh, nice and helpful, but also gain from that whole situation. But first of all, I think we would just have to hope that this fucked up war is, is mm. stopping as soon as possible. And so we can mm. somehow, and using and paraphrasing this, um, get it on again. You know, well, yeah, I mean, I just like Sergey, my friend, I'm just... I've been reading a lot about Ukrainian history and all the, you know, they've talked about people who've had to deal with a lot of shit, you know, it's just insane and uh, how they prevailed. And, you know, I think, um, it's just, uh, it's a fascinating country and fascinating history and fascinating people. So, um, yeah, it's too bad. They have to get the attention like this, but <laughs> yes. Yeah. All right, Happy Tom. So thank you for 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 taking your time uh, on this Sunday evening. Um, thank you for all those words and for this in, really interesting conversation. All the best uh, also to you and your uh, ever-growing family. So congrats on that uh, occasion. <laughs> thank you, man. And uh, I hope to see you on stage. I think you got two concerts. Is there two concerts planned for that summer as of now? No, I think no, I think there's like five now from last I saw, but it's weird. I don't know. Did you? I went and saw trailer talk. You know, I talked to you the other. I went and saw trailer talk on Friday. You know, poor guy. I mean, fuck, man. They they came back. You know, they 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 put out Speed that album. It's like mm -hmm. one of their best records. It's one of my favorite records ever. And they went. They were going to go touring one and a half year. And you know, I mean, these guys are 30 years old. You know, this is what this is their time. Yeah. You know, this is the they're going to fucking do it. And then three weeks into that tour, COVID hit, you know? Yeah. Jesus, man. I, it's just gives me, it gives me goosebumps to think about, you know, how, what a turn, what a turn off and a letdown, you know, and 
And I think, uh, but it was great seeing them again. They were so good, of course, as always. And you said you were going to go see a band, but I know some bands are actually struggling now. Like this band called Scum Bunk here in Norway. They they had a big uh-huh. tour plan and they're not obscure, but they're not like a big name, but they didn't sell anything. Like they just had to cancel. No, yeah. but people don't, it's like people forgot how to go to shows. Yes. I mean, I saw the Baboon Show uh, a few days ago and they were, and, in Cologne, Germany, and, and this turned out well, like the crowd came, but I think all as well, people are resistant to get out there and live life again, which is, you know, that kills bands in the, in the, in the long run. So that's a bad thing. Yeah. I mean, it's, if it's all just going to be like big corporate acts are going to survive and nobody else is going to, you know, I think a lot of bands were, I mean, if people want to talk about it or not, but I think a lot of bands were hit hard from, you know, how the record industry changed with Spotify. And, you know, it sounds like greed, but I think, you know, that's their people's living. You know, there's only, there's not very many bands in the world who are huge, big trillionaires, you know, and most oh. bands, even, even pretty famous bands are pretty, you know, don't really make that much money. And, uh, you know, and then this came along and it's just like, wow. But, well, I guess people want to sit and watch Pornhub instead. I mean, I you can do that, but it's usually, I mean, concert is... There's some good, there's some, good uh, there's some strong stories there, some some strong storylines. I mean, there's some story. There's, <laughs> but some, it's a, there's some poetry, there's some poetry there. Usually it's a five-minute thing and a concert is a, a one hour, so check out the concerts. <laughs> yes. You go to concerts to to see someone else jerk off. Yes. Mm. The guys on stage. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Tom. So thank you so much for taking your time again, being on the podcast. All the best for you. Hope to see you on stage soon. And most of, most important of all, hope to, to talk about nicer and better things whenever right we on, log man. on. Absolutely. Whenever you want, man. I'll call you. Thank you. Thank you, Tom. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.